You're listening to the Bleak and Review Podcast. Who is that? Quarantine quickies, quarantine quickies. If you listen right now, it's like you're right here with me. Bleak and Review, it's the quarantine kickies. Post up on your couch and watch little Nikki take a load off and wash your hands because Kevin doesn't have a whole lot planned. It's quarantine quickies, quarantine quickies. Don't go outside because it's gross and icky. Ah, yes. Nightmare in America. Another Nightmare in America by Corey Brandon. Will I get sued for that? Probably not. But it kind of sums up where my brain's at right now. Welcome back to Bleak and Review. Suspiciously dropping in music randomly that sets the tone for what the intro will be. I am Kevin Anderson, your host, and welcome to another Nightmare in America. Remember when this was a comedy show? I sure don't. I mean, it's old news at this point, but obviously we had another, uh, another, another, another cop shooting, uh, by which, of course, I mean the police shot somebody in the back seven times, Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. The name of the city escapes me at this moment, but you know about this. Are you also desensitized to this? Because that's troubling. I mean, it's not like I don't feel anything when I hear about this shit. I just am no longer, I can't even, it's so hard to maintain that level of outrage for so long because it's just going to keep happening and people are going to have the same exact responses to everything they're going to be like well he had a knife in his car so you know you know knives those things that you're allowed to have on you he had one of those in his car and he was not complying with authority so he deserved to get shot seven times in the back i see i mean you see the same you see the same arguments the same the same cop lovers and fucking bootlicking scum coming out of the woodwork to just like posit wild fucking bullshit about why cop murder is justified. You know, they're real heroes. They're the real heroes. They're out there keeping us safe from crime with a big C. And, you know, it's just part of it. Like what we have to do to maintain our illusion of security in our rich white people homes, we have to allow a certain amount of black people to just die every year. We have to let it because otherwise... They're going to come and they're going to open up my front door and they're going to hurt my son and my daughter and they're going to take my jewels and my air conditioning. And I don't like it. I don't like not having air conditioning. It's a hot summer. They're going to take all the copper out of my AC unit so they can go buy drugs. Crime. No crime. Leave me be. What devil. What devils you are. Fucking pieces of shit. Every single one of you. (laughs) And then, of course, you know. The fallout of that is we got some protests happening, obviously, because this is a horrible injustice. And that's what you do when there's horrible injustice is you protest because people are fucking mad because this is I mean, I don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell you why. And, you know, of course, uh, these fucking boogaloo douchebag fucking chuds from crossing state lines or county lines or whatever to come support putting down. The uh, uprising, because they're real big, tough, strong militia boys, and they're uh, literally militia boys. The fucking guy who killed two people at the protest was 17, as you know. Uh, Fucking child who just had an assault weapon and shot somebody in the head and then was chased because he's a murderer. And that's what you do. You try to put, you know, smite murderers. And uh, he he shot another person and he killed two people. 
and I think wounded a few as well, maybe wounded one or two more. And that, I mean, I'll be the 100,000th person to point out the disconnect between what happened to him versus what happened to Jacob Blake, which is Jacob Blake might have been reaching to grab a knife, definitely wasn't, but like, let's say hypothetically, he was going for his knife. He got shot seven times in the back. Uh, a white kid, 17, with an assault weapon is firing at a group of protesters and has killed people. And he gets arrested in his standing trial. You can't, you cannot argue that. You cannot dispute that that is racially motivated. You can't. I don't give a fuck what twisted ass backwards fucking bullshit, whatever argument you're trying to do. You can't, you can't deny that. And as of today, I mean, he was charged with murder, so that's good. We'll see if he gets Brock Turnered and, uh, you know, they lessen his sentence because he has his whole life ahead of him. But yeah, he has been charged at least for two counts of homicide. Will he be out in five years? Yeah, probably. If this shooting had happened a week ago, would he have been invited to speak at the Republican National Convention? I fucking guarantee you he would have. He's already being touted as a hero by like Tucker Carlson and Ann Coulter and all these fucking cunts. They definitely would have put him up alongside that doofy ass sagging boomer couple that, you know, we all saw the memes about with their fucking mustard ass shirts pointing guns at protesters because their property was in danger. He would have he would have been the opening act for that. Like Chris D'Elia can open for Louis C.K. because they all fucking suck and should burn alive. I'm not angry. <laughs> oh boy. I uh I just can't I I can't make that funny. I can't really make it funny. I, I'm furious. Uh, always, always furious, especially when you see people online who show up in posts about this tragedy where they're like, well, you know, it was actually legal in Wisconsin for a 17 year old to have an assault weapon. So, and they, I see that I saw this exact thing. I saw somebody say that. On a black person's post, no less, a white girl came in to, to, well, actually a black person about why uh, this murderer, this racist murderer, boogaloo piece of shit, uh, was kind of justified because uh, you couldn't technically own a gun at 17 in that state, which isn't true. I, like, she was immediately fact-checked. She was just wrong. So she was just basing her whole thing on a lie, which means she did absolutely no research and just said a thing. And, and it's like, that's what I believe. That's true because I thought of it and I'm infallible. I am white after all. So here's the thing, uh, black people. Um, I kind of know better than you. Cause she didn't back off and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. She just changed her position to still kind of be right. And then did the, I don't care what people commenting on this think about me. Cause I know who I am. It's like, yeah, we know who you fucking are too. We know who you are better than you do because you don't, you're not authentic to yourself. Like I would almost honestly respect you more if you just said the N word, like, like we, th then we, you would be being honest to yourself, but you know, you're going to couch it in this shit where you're like, well, actually I let facts do the arguing for me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm more interested in facts than opinions and, and emotions. It's like, well then get your fucking facts kind of right. Then she got dragged really hard. It was pretty great. And I just imagine before we go to this fun, this is actually a funny episode, I swear, but <laughs> and it's uh, it, it's going to get less dark and angry. But, you know, I, I have to get this off my chest. I just love the white confidence of somebody showing up 
on a black person's post, even if it is emotionally charged and maybe like, you know, people say some shit. This wasn't one of those cases, but people say some shit when they're emotional about a thing that's really near and dear to them. A AKA, you know, systemic racism and police brutality, things that hit close to home for black people, particularly this year, but also for hundreds of years. You want to show up and and nitpick the semantics, even if the 17 thing was right, the 17-year-old gun-owning law was right. You're like, well, I think what this needs is me coming in and and uh, you know just talking down to you and making you understand that you're actually wrong to be outraged because of uh, some semantics in what you said. That is some gaslighting fucking patriarchal bullshit, and it was coming from a white woman, so you know. It's a step down, but it's basically the same vibe. And uh, it's disgusting. And I urge everybody to call that shit out when you see it. I was just talking to my dear friend Hollis Black about this, where we need to be more vocal about this kind of shit with the people in our spheres. Uh, when you see people doing that shit, don't just go, oh, there's another one, and then just keep scrolling. Like, fucking call people out on their bullshit and hold their feet to the fire because... They're not going to change unless, I mean, they're not going to change regardless probably at this point, but I don't know. Solidarity with the other people around you, you know, be the person that speaks up because a lot of people remain silent and that doesn't get anything done. Speaking of remaining silent, that's not going to happen because we got a whole episode coming up and it's going to be a full of goofs and gaffs. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, we do have a sponsored content coming up here in a second. I believe from uh, some sort of restaurant from Bakersfield. I believe it's called the uh, Bakersfield Bootlicker Booze and Bites Club. So that's exciting. Uh, you're going to hear that. And then a little later in the show, uh, my dear friend Chris Crittenden stops by. I haven't had him on the show in a while. I was very excited to talk to Chris. He's a very funny comedian, a brilliant chef. And we talk about uh, quarantine stuff and we talk about his... Uh, his home, uh, his home cooking business that he's been uh, doing on Instagram, where he's been uh, making amazing food that you can buy. And you can actually check out uh, the link in the episode description for this episode to find out more about Ring of Friar, which is uh, him and Cindy Aravina's uh, delicious, delicious nibbles club. Let's call it that. Uh, yeah, Chris is great. This episode's great. We're going to go to a quick break. We'll be back with more Bleak and Review after this. Oh, it's that time again. Lunchtime, right? And you're feeling mighty peckish. So you stop by a local eatery to have your fill. And inevitably, this happens. Hi, can I get a cheeseburger and a fries and a ketchup? Yes, that will be 1047. Also, did you know that Black Lives Matter? Oh my god, you can't even get a fucking cheeseburger without people talking about politics anymore. Well, looks like you've been eating at the wrong food restaurant. Hi, I'm Spud Bitchley, owner and proprietor of the Bakersfield Bootlicker Booze and Bites Club, a theme restaurant that's fun for the whole family, as long as you're Christian. What's the theme? Simple. Refusing to acknowledge systemic oppression while filling tummies with grease and cheese. Come on down and try our world-famous Blue Lives Platter, complete with a gratuitous serving of our famous Owning the Libs Ribs, a fully loaded baked potato lightly seasoned with the essence of cop shoes and a liter of straight-up mayonnaise. Just popping in for a quick bite? Sounds like some coastal elitism to me. Get the fuck out of here. At Bakersfield Bootlicker Booze and Bites Club, every meal is an ordeal. Here at the Quadruple B, we pride ourselves on serving way too much food while continuing to uphold the racially biased American status quo. None of those pesky politics talks here. 
this cheese ball is really hitting the spot. You said it. Also, there's only like six bad cops in America. The rest of them are great. Excuse me, could I get a turkey burger? Get this fucking lib cancel cuck out of here! Your kids will absolutely have a blast sticking their heads in our fun boxes of comfort sand while your wife, and yes, we are assuming you're in a heteronormative relationship, will love that you took her somewhere. Everybody wins. So come on down to the Bakersfield Bootlicker Booze and Bites Club, located... In the same neighborhood as a burning cross. And I've got like a discreet headphone mic setup, so I hope my audio is. You, your headphone setup is very discreet and uh, and withholding. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I wanted to withhold the the bounce of sound between like the mic and the laptop, creating a hell space <laughs> where everything echoes permanently, like I did when I was testing Zoom shit with my boss the other day. Oh, it's so funny! Oh, isn't that great? Isn't it great when I was like on You're a just, Google? a Google hang the other day and somebody's somebody was walking down the street and it was just like the most car noises possible, just echoing throughout. Like it was madness. I was, I had to like rip my headphones off. Yeah, no, that's like, I was, I was like trying to leave the room. <laughs> I have to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm like somehow the fucking volume. I'm, I'm like, I muted this laptop, but it's, I can feel, I can physically feel sound coming out of its speakers. <laughs> yeah. I feel the vibration like with my hands. Out. Yeah. Like I'm like, this is, there's still noise coming out of here. That's not how <laughs> a muted speaker works. <laughs> now in this cold open here, Chris, uh, I, I'm so glad that we're going to be doing this episode. Cause this is, you're one of the only people that I could even, tell about this or, or, or talk to about this specific thought I had. Uh, I was on, I took some acid on Sunday uh, with our Lucky friend Paul. You. I know my upstairs neighbor has a connection. I've had so much acid in quarantine. <laughs> it's been great. It's been great. Um, but I had the thought of uh, if there's a guy who says, can I see your skateboard? And then proceeds to only try to land a varial flip. They're probably toxic. <laughs> Uh, does that probably, track? Does that make sense? <laughs> I think it does, but I mean, especially because you know he's going to land on that varial flip. Right, like, he's not going to catch that varial flip. <laughs> he's going to have one foot on because his body will always turn to the left while his board goes to the right, and he'll catch it with one foot for sure. But he'll never actually uh, land it. And then he's probably got like a chin beard. And he's got. This is a very NorCal thing, I think. Is what is what my where my brain. I, I know what you mean, though. But I, <laughs> I I do think varial flips. Like, well, there's like I was watching a video on YouTube because that's the dork level of skater I am. <laughs> sure, of course. Like I'm like I, sure I read like the Big Brother and Thrasher back in the day, but now I'm like, let's see what Johnny Chinaski Geiger is up to. <laughs> <laughs> Like, but uh, oh, dude, you would love this dude. Actually, he's like he's like I think uh, Swiss, but uh, he he's a tech god. Like he has videos where he'll do recreations of Rodney Mullen tricks that are from videos. Oh, word! And and but he shows like how many tries it takes. Him. Yeah, like, he'll literally like speed through all the tries, and then like when it's a close one, he shows you the regular speed, and he speeds through another fifty something tries, and he's like, "Oh, in 
210 tries. That's how many it took me to land a 360-foot dark slide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, that's the appeal. That's honestly the appeal of, like, footy tapes, quote-unquote. Like, because when you see, like, everything, like, in the video, like, in a skate video, it all looks clean. And people who don't skate have no idea how much fucking work people put in to get those clips sometimes. So it's like, whether it's tech or it's someone just, like, hitting a gnarly kinked rail like 10 times in a row, like just like, and just continuously slipping out because of the craziness of what they're doing and just eating oh, shit sure. over and over again. And then, and then like the final clip, which ends up in the video is like, they roll away from it and they're like, their shirts all ripped up and they're bleeding. And they're just like, so relieved to not have to do it anymore. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> you've been, uh, you've been going to the, the skate park during quarantine, getting back into it. How's that been? Uh, it's been good. I mean, I have I have definitely slammed and been hurt uh, a decent amount of time during the the skating, which is frustrating. But sure, like recently, like I was uh, I was feeling myself because I was landing a bunch of nollie grinds in general. Like I was yeah. doing, like I, I had landed uh, a bunch of nollie fifty fifties, and I had almost landed some nolly five o's and so i was thinking like what about trying some nolly front tail slides Ooh, well, like let's just see if i can get that because that's a lot you know you know what i mean it's one of those tricks where like the board geometry works totally like it's just like it's like a like as natural as like a backside board slide or whatever or yeah, it's a backside not like you're doing a, slide. yeah it's not like you're doing a nolly front side blunt or something <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's not like a weird body contortion. It's like yeah. pretty natural. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh, maybe this will work. Uh, so I tried one and I didn't get it. And then I tried another one and I stuck a little bit, but I, but then I slid and then I, I like popped out and rolled away. And I was like, really? Like second, <laughs> like second try. Okay, great. So then of course, like a skateboarder, you're like, yeah, but I didn't really slide it that much. Yeah. It, wasn't clean. Like, it wasn't clean enough. <laughs> let's like try it again without thinking about it at all. Let's right. just try it again, but realize you stuck. So what do you do when you stick, Kevin? <laughs> you wax the shit out of the ledge. <laughs> I didn't even wax the ledge. I just went faster, but I mean, same, <laughs> oh, energy, same energy, very same much energy. like what we're going to be. We're going to just go harder because that's like, uh, obviously, it's my fault. I should have mm-hmm. just been better at it. And then I did pop it perfectly and I slid it about, how tall am I? About six feet. <laughs> I slid it about six feet. But the problem was uh, I my uh, top half of my body didn't go with me. Sure it was did just, <laughs> No, just so like I landed on my lower back and there's like a, basically it looks like I got kicked by like a, a donkey or something in my lower back. Oh no. And my, and my wrist is like a little bit sticky, but fortunately it's a wrist I already broke. So when <laughs> I shot it down to break my fall, it was like braced by additional bone growth and didn't like shatter or anything. But Your like, wrist is like, no one can hurt me as bad as I've been hurt in the past. Exactly. Fucking John Wick. <laughs> like John Stick, am I right? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. John <laughs> out. But, I, like uh, I like that you're like, oh, I know exactly how long I slid because I was on my back completely and it was about the length of my body when I fell. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to guess it was about six feet. Let's call it six feet. <laughs> and the slams uh, hurt so much more now than they used to because they used to you used to be able to just eat shit all the time when you would skate and you'd just be like, oh, that kind of sucked. I'm bleeding, but uh, I got a couple more in me. And how like 
I fall now and I'm like done for like four days. Like if it's like an ankle oh, for injury sure. or, or a knee thing, I'm just fucked. No, for sure. It's, it's annoying, but it's like, I've been, but I think the good thing is like part of my, part of my general, I guess, life issue is like, I, I'm always pushing my limits and I don't necessarily pay attention to what they should be. Totally. And so it's like, this is kind of a good lesson in like, okay, well, if you want to just go try to learn a new nolly slide, you got to <laughs> remember that slide is a synonym for slip. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta like, be you very much, <laughs> yeah, like I very much can slip the fuck out learning this trick. And it's like, okay, well, now there's consequences. Now you have to buy a wrist brace. You <laughs> always have to wear it. But like, if you're going to work on your fucking nolly tail slides, you're going to wear it. I tell you that much. Yeah, uh, I, had, I remember the first thing that happened to me that kind of like the first like injury that kind of made me be like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't like, like for skateboarding specifically, like maybe I shouldn't be just always pushing myself like this. Like I was just coming back from class when I was like 20 in college and I was skating back from campus and I had my backpack on and everything. And there's a pole jam on the sidewalk on the way back to my house. I was like, Oh, I could just hit this with a backpack on, on the way. And oh, I know my front foot came off and went in front of my board. My board rolled over my front foot and I rolled the shit out of my ankle to the point where I had to hop back the rest of the way to my house. <laughs> Literally couldn't put any pressure on it. And I was like, Oh God. Yes. Fucking ankle and shit. And I was just like, Oh yeah. Like I wasn't even like stretched out or anything. Like I didn't stretch. I didn't do anything. I was like, I was just sitting down in class for an hour and I just was pushing my way back home and decided to fucking exert myself on a pole jam. <laughs> it just got wrecked. I was like, okay, let's cool the fucking jets. I guess I should stretch now. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, definitely. That's brutal. We were talking like, about. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I was gonna say we were talking about skating a little bit uh, not too long ago via text, and you were uh, telling me that uh, the skate park by you has been mostly uh, empty during quarantine. At least the times that you go, is that the case? Yeah, I mean, in the morning it is. I've, right. I've driven by in the afternoon and stuff, and like the one that I go to is pretty close to my house, and it doesn't have a fence around it, and it's right. in a it's in a neighborhood where there's like a lot of apartment complexes and like townhomes and stuff. So there's a yeah. decent amount of kids who are just basically stuck at home who have always and will always go to that skate park. Yep. <laughs> They're little, there's little local, the local rats as it were. Yeah. So it's just like, that's just going to happen because there's no fence. So they kind of did it to themselves there. <laughs> Which, like i'm not saying that they should have a fence but i'm just saying if they don't then how, how do you technically close something that can't be closed you yeah know what I mean? that's what i was wondering about was like are skate parks exempt from like safer at home regulations and shit like i guess uh, private ones like ones that are like indoor places where you have to like have a wristband and shit to get in right like, you know, skate lab or whatever like i'm sure that those are having well skate labs actually still skate lab is closed currently they're oh, right. like the person who owns it is trying to reopen it, but I don't think they've been successful yet. No, that um, makes sense though. Cause like, but not even, no, I mean, they just straight up went out of business. And so like, oh. they've been trying to reopen for like a couple of years. Anyway. Oh, okay. So they, they have pre pandemic problems. <laughs> yeah. They have pre pandemic problems. I think due to like a, you know, bad business relationship kind of thing, but sure. uh, there, there's like, I'll t- I'll tell you specifically the places that uh, that you can still skate right now, mm-hmm. off air. But uh, and oh, like yeah. how to do it. 
but like it's it's a pretty uh there's like there's one place that you can kind of sneak through the fence and then uh there's another place i think the one in noho is similar to the one by my house where it's just open because yeah. they don't have a fence around it and you can't really you can't it's basically you can't really do anything about that uh in terms of like you said you can't fence off the fenceless uh right. and it's also just part of a public park and like if the park's not closed, exactly then the skate no, park's they can't closed. really close it yeah i guess yeah. i guess that's i guess that's safe you know i'm trying to think about it in terms of social distancing and i'm like there's no real skateboarding is a very solitary activity. And even if you're with friends there, like you're not all skating alongside each other. So it makes sense that you'd be able to do it pretty safe. Like if people can go on walks, socially distant, like skate parks should be fine. Well, and I mean, not to be like a conspiracy theorist or anything, (laughs) which I actually am, but, (laughs) but just more like, no, and not about COVID. I'm not like a fucking (laughs) That would have been a fun turn though. (laughs) No, no, no. But like, uh, but with that, like, if I have taken an antibody test and have never had COVID, I could cough in your mouth and all that would be is gross. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't mean you're going to get sick. Totally. Like, that's, I think, like, that's the thing. A lot of people are, like, the way I think the news coverage kind of is making everyone interact towards each other it's almost like you assume everyone around you has it. Right. Or you assume anytime you hear someone cough or see someone sneeze or whatever, it's like, ah, right. Like, right. it's just like, that's the, that's the general reaction to all this stuff right now. And so I feel like there, there are like definitely asymptomatic spreaders and I'm not trying to minimize that, but like if people are getting tested and shit, it's like, why can't I go exercise the way I want to exercise? Sure. Yeah, totally. No, like, I think it's, yeah, it's, 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 there's a, there's definitely a, a, for me, at least in my philo- philosophical view on it, like there's a line of demarcation between what is a high risk, really bad idea, i.e. like a giant house party or a fucking rave or like, like, you know, something right. where there's a bunch of bodies all tightly packed in like sports stadiums is another one. Like absolutely there those we need to avoid those things because that's what's been spreading all the shit uh republican national conventions trump rallies all no, that definitely stuff. all that <laughs> but like but like you know i'll like i get i get tested semi-regularly and like i'll like you know uh go on walks and stuff and i'll go like i'll sometimes hang out with my upstairs neighbors because they're the ones that have the drugs and <laughs> and like you know and and i think that you know a, a semblance of a normal life can still be led with just some minor altercations, but I do, I do feel, especially like at the beginning of all of this, people kind of had uh, a bit more of a uh, sky is falling reaction in terms of like, like if, all right, if you are, if we're inside and you know, there's two of us and we have to be six feet away at all times and always wear masks and you can't take your mask down to, to have a sip of anything like that kind of thing. And that, I think right. that's a little overkill sometimes, but yeah, like you said, the coughing in the mouth, <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, if I'm not sick, it's just gross. Yeah, like, it's just which an invasion is, of privacy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's utterly inexcusable, but you're <laughs> not going to die of COVID. Like, that's not how germs work. It exactly. being gross doesn't make you sick. Like, yeah, that's not, totally. it doesn't work like that. I wish it did, though. That What a world that would be. Just everyone that's kind of, like, you pick your nose, now you have cholera or something. <laughs> that's not that. 
I read this article that I that kind of made me like I was fucking stressed for like the first two months, and then I oh, read sure. an article explaining which this is a hilarious term, but viral load. <laughs> viral load. Yes, essentially, <laughs> like like it basically viral load is a term that means the amount of a virus you need to ingest to actually get sick from it. Oh, sure, yeah. Because like you can definitely have a little bit and then you just have like an immune system and it goes like smack get out of here that's like how our bodies work all the time that's why we're not sick all the time and and we do have like shit in our system there's almost always some combination of viruses and bacteria in our system at all times but this article kind of basically explained it and this they were saying like this isn't the exact specific uh amounts of particles but like let's say you need to get a thousand particles like in your, in your face, like to get sick. Sure. You would basically need someone to maskless, like cough in your maskless face. Yeah. They would have to shotgun cough into your mouth. (laughs) Right. And then also you like breathe it in. Yeah. yeah, It's like (laughs) not even just you like wipe your face down with hand sanitizer and burn the, the upper layer of your skin off with some kind of acetone <laughs> drink or <beer>. like, <laughs> or heavy alcohol, you know, like, but, but it's like, I was like, Oh, so just like if I touch a product that has it and then I just throw my gloves away and wipe it down with a thing when I get home, I'll be fine. Like, uh, sure. okay. Like, it's not like some, cause like some of the shit that was coming out initially is like, it hangs in the air. For eight to fourteen hours. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> live for up to fourteen days on plastic. Why did we make plastic? Like it's just like coming up on this like TV. <laughs> yeah, just very like super dramatic, super duper. And it's like I'm like the thing is, <clears throat> I think what we're seeing is basically like a lot of people expected more direct impacts around them. as a result of the extreme terms in which a lot of this stuff is being dealt with. And so there are a lot of people who are like, like, I'm not like a reopen person or anything, but I definitely went from like staying at home literally all the time. Like, no, I'm going to go skate sometimes. Like, I don't give a shit. Cause it's just, yeah, it's just like, and so for me, it's just like, I don't, that maybe uh, like people can, can judge me if they like for that. But I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. I think I've read a, a, a lot of stuff and I'm not really like worried as much as I was at the beginning. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And like, I skate with a mask and I have a hand sanitizer with me. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I'm not like fucking, I'm like still like, I'm a dork about it. I'm not, I don't give a <laughs> shit. I mean, you're it's like, you're, judge me. It's what, what you're doing at the skate park is a safer situation than being an essential worker or like being like going to the grocery store or, literally like getting postmates from a postmate like like what you're talking about is actually like way chiller than that and uh i think that i kind of went through the similar a similar thing where i was literally like and i know i know my roommate richard is still kind of in that zone he's he's opened up to it a little bit uh but you know ricky he was very much oh yeah He's like, I I have to go get food, but I don't want to die. Like he actually said that to me, and I was like, dude, it's I, you'd probably be fine. Like just don't you know make out with anyone and wear your mask and stuff. Like you know, like I was yeah. very nervous about it until I got like every test result I've had has come back negative, and I put myself in 
really dumb, like not dumb all the time, but like high risk situations. Like I've been to black lives matter rallies and uh, my neighbor had like a little 4th of July get together at, at his apartment. I was there, you know, drinking beer and like meeting a few new people. There was like three or four other people over and like, I'm like, okay, I got to get tested. And every time it's been negative. And that's not to say that like, I, it wasn't possible that I could have caught it then, but I realizing that uh, we kind of gassed ourselves up to be like any person anywhere could have it. And this is how easy it is to get it. It's like, no, you just do basic shit, wear a mask, wash your hands and you're probably going to be fine. But you know, people fuck yeah. that up too. <laughs> no, for sure. And I mean, personally, I've been training my immune system my whole life by just being a gross person. <laughs> like when I was a kid and they explained how like, you know, your immune system worked, they're like, well, when you get something in you and you fight it off, then you don't have to worry about it when you're old and weak. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll just get it all out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Let me so, just, let me just drink out of this fucking still water <laughs> pond real quick. And just like, like not necessarily stuff like that. <laughs> but like if I, like I had definitely more like a 15 to 20 second rule. You yes. Know what I mean? that's, oh, a hundred percent. I have a, I have a rule of like, I've left food out on the like, like not like some food, not like super perishable food, but like I've left half of a cheeseburger on my coffee table overnight and I'll eat it in the morning. Like it's (laughs) again, like again, it's gross, but it's not, I never get sick from it. (laughs) Right, right. No, I know what you mean. It's like, we'll just find out. Like, is it going to make me sick? Let's see. (laughs) Like a fucking, like a half a McDonald's cheeseburger, which. Like when you leave it out, like the bread, because like all dude, it's, it's so, it's so much like putting, they live glasses on. Like when you do that, like when you see like what, when you leave it to the elements, what that food does, you're like, Oh, this is never, this was never supposed to be in my body. This is just, I think think the whole thing is some foods have like a, like a, uh, Cindy and I refer to them as like taking time bombs. Oh, sure. It's like, but it's just like some foods you just don't want to have later. Like yeah. it's not for later. It's you don't for want like, later. <laughs> you want to make the bet. You want to make this decision now, and then yeah. you want to be done with it. You don't want it for later. <laughs> like, that's not. That's not a great idea. No, like, and, and fast food is high on that list. Like all of them are there. I mean, McDonald's is honestly on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of that shit because of how many preservatives they put in their stuff, but. That's why, yeah, like, that's why that's the one of the ones that I, you can actually eat like the next morning and it doesn't, it's, I mean, it's like, it's dry and like the cheese is congealed and shit, but like, it still is just kind of tastes the same. <laughs> right. Whereas at Taco Bell, any of the items that are worth ordering, if you know what you're doing are good for about seven minutes or less. Oh yeah. Concealed taco or like, like emulsified fucking Taco Bell beef is one of the most unpleasant mouthfeels. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like, I feel like one of the things that people do, and I I hope they're not doing it as much during this fucking pandemic, though, is they order foods that are, that are like not meant to be consumed later from these restaurants, and get them delivered by like Grubhub or whatever, and then they get upset with it, and then they do like a chargeback, and then it's like, okay, cool, (laughs) so like, you got food. But you also get your money back, and now the restaurant that was already only going to make like seventy percent of what they normally make now makes nothing. Right. And the guy that delivered your food now makes nothing. The guy who's uh, literally risking his life to bring you fucking fat (laughs) sows or whatever. (laughs) Fat sows is the move, according according to that song that they had playing for a while on their pre-recorded 
I don't know messages. this song. I don't know this song. Oh God! They, they call them. in the fat cells, guys. Call in the fat cells. <laughs> and uh, of it, I'll play it on this episode. Yeah, it's it's like they had like like a decently produced like rap song that basically like the hook was "Fat Sal's is the move," <laughs> and it was like slightly like slightly auto tuned, you know, like a little vocal interaction, not oh, too much, but like it's like I'm, this is what is happening. Like, I'm, of course, I'm, I love this to, place. They're trying to get. They're trying to capitalize on some of that uh, that market that's been empty since you know the uh, what is it the Quiznos song? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that Furby thing that yells at you about Quiznos, or is it Togos? I can't remember. I think it was Quiznos. Yeah, I think it was Quiznos. But the this one also they have a they have like a drop they have recorded where like fat cells we're making sandwiches over here, <laughs> which it's like I just love that. I love that it's like oh you guys are doing the Italian caricature, so then I don't have to feel weird about doing it myself. <laughs> now speaking of food, first of all, Chris Crittenden is here. Hello, Chris. <laughs> Hi, that's a cold ass open. That, that, that open got it, it went from it went from cold to lukewarm and now it's just spicy hot and i figured that's the best time to drop your name i said it, <laughs> it works out uh you're doing uh you're doing uh a little bit of food uh pickup stuff going on in quarantine which i have ordered from uh ring yes. of fire what how did that uh uh was that like a response to quarantine or is this something you've been thinking about doing for a while i mean i had an idea for food that i i still think i'm going to do at some point when it's more safe uh which was I wanted to, on Sundays, fry chicken in the parking lot of various Chick-fil-A's. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God, that's so good. Yeah, just, like, keep it moving, you know? Like, just post the address, like, an hour before I show up anywhere, you know? And like, Is that, technically, like, right, is that technically illegal? I honestly don't know. I, I don't know, but let's find <laughs> we'll out, find right? Out, let's find out together. <laughs> uh, so that was my initial idea. And then um, during quarantine, one of my buddies uh, who was working at the same job for almost a decade, uh, got let go Oof. and he ended up starting a little business out of his apartment selling pizzas and cocktails. And it's called uh dough daddy. Okay. Uh, dough daddy LA. He makes like Detroit style, uh, deep dish pizzas and he was having a lot of success and it was like, going pretty well but we were talking a good amount and like kind of we bouncing ideas off each other about different foods and like uh kind of talking about how best to scale up what he was doing as far as like equipment and and process and stuff like that yeah and, and then I got my stimulus check and I was like, at the time I had been working a decent amount because my boss works in education. So I had still been working the whole time because I was technically an essential worker because I was working, uh, supporting a university. Right. So I had a decent amount of money coming in at that time. And I was like, Oh, why don't I just start getting some stuff? And you know, pretty soon it winds up adding up, but, you're one of those dickheads like me who uh, uh, somehow managed to keep a lot of money in the bank during like this unprecedented economic disaster. I get, I totally, well, I, totally I haven't, 
<laughs> I haven't kept a lot in the bank per se, but I have paid all my bills. You know, yeah, that's what I meant. Like you haven't been like yeah. hard up in a way. Cause like I haven't gotten buried and <laughs> it's, it's like, I'm, I'm very grateful for that, but it has no, very same, much yeah. been uh, like uh, a surreal weird time. But around yeah, the time I, I got all my stuff together was around the time the George Floyd thing happened. Right. And so I was just kind of like, I don't feel good about just like straight up, like being like, okay, well, let me do some opportunistic capitalism. Right. That sounds like really chill right now, you know? No, a hundred percent. Like as it was going on, I'm just like, man, fuck this. Like, I don't want to do that. I, so the first, like I started a Patreon right before that also for, Oh man, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. 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 I've been doing a version of what you've been doing, which is, you know, using that money for other things, but I'm sorry. I cut you off. Right. For sure. (laughs) No, so for like the first week, I just basically donated all the. I, I I still wound up cooking and selling food, but I just donated literally all the money I made to BLMLA, and yeah. for like the first month or so, I was uh, donating about like five bucks a plate, and it just is like at this point, I've kind of settled in at at ten percent of we're donating ten percent because it just was like kind of hard to cover costs and, and no for sure and but it's like it was a matter of like okay well let's let's literally get money to these things that i otherwise wouldn't have because like i don't have money from my job like that like i have money to pay my rent and i have money to like over a few weeks pay for maybe a complete skateboard if I decide to <laughs> right. not pay for health insurance that month. You yeah, know what I mean? Like that's, a real toss-up. Do I get do I get more uh, orange chicken or do I have health insurance? <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. So it's like it's 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 like I don't have a ton, but I I, w- I definitely wouldn't have any money to donate if I wasn't doing this. Sure, sure, so sure, sure. It's a nice way to take something that I've been working on as like a skill set and like a uh just like a a a creative outlet and be able to make something fun that is actually for a good cause and i i I ordered a a pulled pork sammy from you or do you call him sandos i can't remember i think we call him sandos but i don't really care anything cute's (laughs) fine anything Uh, cute sammy (laughs) sandy Sandy, sando sandy witchy uh, I, yeah. I already told you this uh, through text, but I will say vocally that it was bomb as fuck, and I I was going to post it to the militant sandwich group that I'm in, but I ended up eating <laughs> it too fast before I remembered to take a picture of it. So that's, like, that's how that's the review is that this shit was incredible. And how do you kind of uh, like what? Um, how do things like I know you're doing a bunch of different stuff on the menu, and you're doing it all through Instagram, which is very interesting to me. Uh, as far as I know, that's how you're doing it, right? Like all through- no, for sure. So far, it's all through Instagram. That's crazy. And and how do you like come up? How do you come up with the menu? Is it just things that you are interested in experimenting with? Well, I had been working on my fried chicken for probably like five or seven years at this point yeah, because take down Chick Fil A. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, it was mainly because I tried and it was awful. Right. Like I tr- and like my success rate with shit normally with, with just kind of winging it was like pretty high. So I'm like, what the, f- I can't just do it. <laughs> right. So I, 
I started kind of studying and like looking at different recipes and different ratios of different starches and like what what people do for marinades and how people get crispiness and what they're doing. And so I kind of came to like a synthesis of a bunch of different approaches on a, on a way to do kind of a, a fried chicken that reheats well. And that still has like a crunchy coating. Hell yeah. Uh, after kind of being in the, the fridge for days. Oh my God. So making me so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so like the flavors that I launched with were kind of like uh, Thai flavors because I, I went to Thailand with Cindy and we took a cookie close over there. And ever since that, I've kind of had a lot of Thai influence in my cooking. Totally. Uh, and so I just kind of, I took some, some traditional Thai ingredients and some traditional Taiwanese ingredients and kind of hybridized those with a, uh, a really, really flavorful uh, dry mix that has like Sichuan peppercorns in it. Ooh. Ooh. So the Sichuan peppercorns are like, if you've never had them, they produce like a, a mild, like numbing slash kind of mouthwatering effect. Yeah, I've heard I've heard of that before, and I believe I have experienced that at some point. Maybe maybe in something that you've cooked. I don't know. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> but uh but it's like it's one of those things where when I started eating, I think it was like I had Taiwanese fried chicken and they used that uh I, there's a there's a bit of it in that and I just was like, what is this? This is so cool. And so being able to kind of integrate that in and some of these Thai flavors is, is fun for me. But what I do now is I use that as a base and then I just rotate in different flavors for the Thai one. I kind of riffed on Nashville hot chicken. Yes. Oh my God. That's like, I've been doing, that's like been my Tuesday. Like vice is I've get, I've been getting Nashville hot chicken every Tuesday uh, because I'm like, I can't just be drunk or high all the time. I want to hallucinate with spice. Yeah. That's a good move. <laughs> So you uh, based it on that? Yeah, so it's it's kind of like I mean with with traditional Nashville hot chicken, they don't necessarily put uh, a lot of crazy spicy peppers like the the ghost pepper and stuff like that is kind of more yeah, like uh, the classically savage ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just kind they put like more cayenne, like just and and even more cayenne. Yeah, you know? so it's like with with ours we do we do cayenne, we do uh, togarashi, which is a Japanese chili pepper. We do Thai chili peppers. And uh, in Nashville hot chicken, you make like basically a seasoned hot oil where you take some of the fry oil and you pour it over a spice blend. And and that's what makes that that thing that they pour over it. Right. So, so we do that for our Thai one. But for other ones we found that we can basically just give them a sauce and let them apply it once the chicken's reheated and it comes out really well. Like we do uh, orange chicken as an option, like an orange chicken glaze. We do a couple, we do like a, a lemon pepper barbecue, which we started doing actually after Lou Williams got in trouble for ordering lemon pepper barbecue wings from magic city while he was, visiting Atlanta for a funeral. Wait, so, I don't know that story. 
Oh, so in the NBA, they have a, they have their bubble going on, and uh, this player Lou Williams, who's great and right. is great news just in general. Like he just is good stories. Like he pu- very publicly has multiple girlfriends. Like <laughs> he's just a fun guy to follow. <laughs> like, yeah, his, yeah, his whole deal. Yeah, he's just so he he did very like it's real. He did lose someone, and he had to travel back to Atlanta for a funeral. But while he was there, he went to Magic City and ordered wings. Uh, and the wings he got were apparently lemon pepper and barbecue at the same time. <laughs> oh no! Not like not like not like a half and half. half. <laughs> it was like no. It's like both. it's a blend. Yeah. And so I was like, "What? Fuck." That sounds awesome. So I just so I just started that was my takeaway from that story. Not like whether he was responsible or not. I'm like, wait, we're not talking about that lemon pepper barbecue visit. Yeah. The headline. The headline should be yeah. man blends lemon pepper and barbecue sauce on wings. <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. Yeah. And so I started playing with it and I came up with something that's actually really, really tasty. And I'm like, shit, yeah, I get it. I understand why he did this. Oh my god. Like, I would have went and got these wings too. This is amazing. <laughs> Funerals be damned. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I think the the nice thing about strip clubs is that they uh, serve food pretty late, so you can just go after the funeral, I do, even I, if it's an I do like, funeral. I do like that. My mind immediately associated like he probably dipped out in the middle of the wake and like fucking got someone came back <laughs> trying to sneak him in like without being noticed. That's where my no, what, how how he got blown up is uh, a white rapper posted him to the Instagram story because oh. they know each other. Oh my god! It's how you want to switch it on here. Yeah, it's true, and it's always white people. But uh, <laughs> it's he. I think, uh, according to his story, was only there to get the wings takeout. But he could have, you know, waited in the car theoretically. I'm not sure. going to defend him, but it was like a thing where it's like, I mean, I, it's also just not a big deal. Yeah, I was going to say, did but, he get canceled for that, or did we just kind of go boo and I then mean, move on? <laughs> yeah, kind of that. I mean, he he had to get. Uh, a little bit of a quarantine when he came back in the bubble, but he already would have had to do that just because he left for the funeral. So he got suspended for one game, but I mean, that's it. But uh, I did bring up the NBA semi-intentionally after bringing up the the nature (laughs) of our business, because there's actually some crazy stuff that happened today with the NBA. I don't know if you saw that. Today? Yes. Because I know, I know like what generally has been going on with the NBA in terms of like how they're treating players and accommodating them and stuff and all this. I've like kind of been keeping up with that, but I haven't heard anything today. So okay, I'm very so, excited. I'm very excited to hear that. So check this out. So this season, the in the regular season, in the Eastern Conference, the best team has been the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Milwaukee is in Wisconsin. Who boy! So, so, <laughs> I, I'm sure I yelled about what happened in Wisconsin in the intro of this episode already. I'm recording it tomorrow, great, great. I'm okay, sure I did. <laughs> great. Okay, so we're so this is thematically on board. Great. I'm glad. Yes, absolutely. So, so uh, now the Milwaukee Bucks, in addition to being the best, arguably the best team in the league, they were, I think, maybe the Vegas favorite to win the title at one point this year. I don't know if they currently are. But... Uh, they're they're a damn good team. They have the guy that just won the defensive player of the year, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's probably going to win the MVP this year. Uh, he won the MVP last year, uh, but they also have a player on their team named Sterling Brown. Uh, Sterling Brown might 
that name might kind of sound familiar to Lakers fans. I'm not a Laker fan because I'm from Sacramento. Like right. that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but Sterling Brown, I believe his brother Shannon was a longtime Laker player and played on some of the title teams. So Sterling Brown uh, is a reserve player on the Bucks, but he also had has been assaulted by Wisconsin police officers. Oh, shit. And when they realized he was an NBA player, they kind of dropped it at that point. But they yeah. were they were brutal to him at one point. And the NBA also, for people who don't necessarily follow it closely, the NBA has had a role player uh, physically have uh, like bones broken by cops. Like Tavo Cephalosha at one point outside of a nightclub had his leg broken by a police officer, I believe. Uh, and so there's a history of cops not necessarily being great with even, you know, celebrity athletes. And out of the athletes, the NBA players are kind of the celebrities because they don't play with hats or helmets. Right. They have and much more recognizable uh, uh, facial like express like features. Like you could tell you right. could tell Kobe easier than you could tell like. Uh, well, you know, now it's very easy, but uh, you could, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a timely topical funny joke. No, for sure, but <laughs> yeah, no, no. But you were just pulling an NBA player, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, I know what you. But it's like it also, there's just less of them out there. There's eleven football players on each team. There's nine baseball players. There's only five basketball players on the court at a time. Right. Uh, so they're much more likely to be a, a visible person, but that still doesn't necessarily protect you from brutality from the cops at least if you're black right so in response to uh to the uh the shooting of of uh, mr blake there in washington in wisconsin they they were protesting and last night the uh white militias infiltrated from from illinois i guess and uh, killed a couple people there and yeah, so in response to that cop supporting fucking terrorist piece of shit. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That, that, uh, hopefully doesn't get the same treatment that cops get when they do what he did. Um, they start extending qualified immunity to fucking people in the militia. Oh my God. <laughs> that's I'm actually really, surprised that's really war happens. <laughs> I'm surprised that, uh, Kenosha, PD hasn't placed him on administrative leave. <laughs> no, his fucking high school. He got. <laughs> he he's going to get suspended for this, maybe from school. <laughs> but it's just like so. So, but this is where it gets very, very interesting and unprecedented. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks said they are not going to play Fuck today, yeah. and today is uh, the playoffs. Yeah, and it's like they could theoretically have clinched the series, I believe, tonight, and instead they're not playing, and that led to the other four teams in the playoffs that were playing tonight not playing, and they might uh, even cancel the games tomorrow. But what this is the reason I'm bringing this up is partially to you know bring in bring a little bit of light to it, but also to reframe it a bit because it's being talked about as a boycott and i even called it that earlier today but it's not a boycott they're actually going on strike yeah it's a strike for sure it's a strike so check this out guys i'm sure there's uh, people listening 
and I'm sure that they <laughs> have <you>. thank you <laughs> less than one million dollars. <laughs> so these are millionaires, and they're striking right now because of how fucked shit is. Yeah. So maybe we all should. <laughs> Yeah, I saw some people talking about a general strike uh, on social media today. And I didn't really think about it too much because I was at work and stuff, you know, and I kind of just like, huh, that's interesting. And then moved on. But I mean, it's a very powerful move. And like the entire like if a team in the playoffs, like they have an insane amount of power. If you extend that kind of shit to people that have all kinds of equally crazy power, but like in different sports or entertainment fields and stuff like things that essentially create billions of dollars for rich assholes who don't give a fuck about this kind of stuff and just donate to whatever campaign will suit them best. Uh, once you right. start really fucking with their bottom line, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe something will change. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, and this is part of the reason that I love the NBA is because I mean, all pro sports are collectively bargained, which means that they have players unions. Right. Uh, but the NBA's player union generally kicks ass compared to the rest of them because all nba contracts are guaranteed for example oh that's so good. let's say you like sign a six-year hundred million dollar contract and then you like break your back right they just have to pay you a hundred million it's just their shit out of luck they can't waive you without having to pay you what they said they'd pay your, you. your broken back was a pre-existing condition sorry <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> It says here you broke a backboard in high school, and that technically is a pre-existing condition. Now. And the, the ink uh, was a little smudged. On the thing. <laughs> we always uh, broke your back, so. Uh, and then, yes, we spilled coffee on the paper, but like we're not going to get another copy. This is the only one. <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, so everyone go on strike. That's yeah. uh, that's mainly what I want to say. Is uh, everyone go on strike? Uh, I mean, we're going in for the close here. That's a beautiful sentiment to end on. I love it. <laughs> Everyone go on strike <laughs> and buy shit from Ring of Fryer because it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, go on strike. And if you have any money uh, <laughs> left over, you know, left over at all. And also, if you don't have any money, actually, our, our ad on Instagram, I believe, should still be ring.of.fryer. But if you can't afford food this week, uh, we actually had a organization donate a little bit of money to us last week. Oh, nice! So if you if you need a meal and you're in the Los Angeles area, message us and we'll try to figure something out. That's fucking awesome! Hell yeah, people do yeah. that. And I'll link to it in the episode description and shit too, so people can awesome. find it on Instagram. Uh, yeah, this episode is coming out on uh, Friday, the twenty eighth of August. Uh, other than Ring of Fryer, what else uh, do you want to let people know about? Where can they find you? Should you wish to be found? Uh, my Instagram is uh, can I cook dot it yeah and I can cook <laughs> yeah ask you're wondering the mythical question can I cook it the answer is yes <laughs> yes yes I can uh, <laughs> but uh, also uh, if you don't have COVID and you didn't have COVID and you want to like skate some curbs, uh, hit me up. <laughs> yeah. We gotta, I got to get, I got to get some new skate shoes and I got to get a board and uh, we're going to do this shit. I'm going to get back into the show okay. boxing and that's too masculine for me. I need to go back into skating too. <laughs> you got to do it. It's just fun, man. It's just fun. Uh, cool. Anything else you want to plug? No, I mean, well, that's, that's pretty much it. Like we got the food going on. 
Yeah. To my body and, moving. And, and, I, and of course, everybody, everybody strike. <laughs> yeah, everybody strike. But while you're striking, get your body moving. Find something fun to do. Yeah, get the. Like, I, I love basketball, but I'm not doing that shit right now because it's not safe. So find yeah. something that's safer. Find yeah. something that you can do that's fun. Have a manic episode like I did and buy a hundred dollar boxing uh, punching bag on on Amazon. Have it show up two days later when you're not manic anymore and go. Well, I guess I should now and then just start boxing. <laughs> 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 that's how i did it uh as for me everybody of course you can follow me at kb anderson yo on all the things uh at bleak pod on twitter to follow this podcast patreon.com slash bleak and review we got a new show coming out uh probably next week uh where uh it's gonna be co- i believe the working title is one and a half men where me and my friend hollis black uh break down an insane thing every week uh whether it's eating really hot chicken and talking about it or playing a horror game that hollis makes me play we're going to have a lot of fun with that. So if you go over to patreon.com slash bleak review, sign up for $5, you will get access to that next week. I urge you to That's do so. awesome. Yeah. Do it, guys. I love Hollis. They're great. <laughs> Hollis, uh, Hollis unintentionally uh, is, I mean, is staying on my couch right now, which means, uh, of course, we have to do a podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. So it all works out. Chris, thanks so much for being here, man. It was great to talk to you. Of course. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, bud. And uh, everybody else, we will see you next week. Be good to each other. Go on strike. Eat Thai things. Bye. Bye.